Hello again. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1 833 eBay 723. That's 1 833 322 9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying, Here's Philip and Sherry. So the uh, Selling on eBay radio show, hello and welcome. Philip Jackson and Sherry Smith with you. Uh, Sherry's a uh, full-time eBay seller. She's based out in uh, Colorado, has a little operation running in her basement with uh, teenagers and all sorts coming in and doing uh, doing work for her. Quite an efficient operation she has. And uh, she's getting a bit anxious. The big day approaches, her big presentation on eBay Open coming up in, uh, I guess, what, a month ahead. We'll talk to her about that a little bit later on. And Philip sells high-end equipment to businesses through eBay and his web store. He lives surrounded by the shark-infested swamps of Florida, protected by a gang of peacocks. He might be using this army to strong-arm his way into various events with eBay. Because Philip will be co-hosting the kickoff event to get everyone pumped up about eBay Open. All right, we'll talk about that, give you a little bit of an inside scoop on that. I can't say too much, but I think there's a certain amount of information we're allowed to say at this point. So that's the idea of the uh, Selling on eBay radio show here to make your eBay life a little bit more entertaining and maybe a bit more profitable too. In the show this week, Sherry, what do we have? What's in a title, Your Honour? Talk about titles. We'll also talk about another change that eBay's come up with. Uh, that every time they do one of these things, I think, what on earth were they thinking? Anyway, we'll talk about that because uh, I think it adds time and hassle as far as sellers are concerned. The latest scuttlebutt on eBay open uh, in September. And at uh, what point do you give in to blackmail uh, by a buyer on eBay? I'll tell you about one of my experiences, and uh, you can uh, play along at home and let me know at what point you would be writing a check to this particular person. All right, so let's move on, Cherry, with the uh, the eBay news. And something I, I think I noticed and uh, I, I couldn't figure out, and this is to do with the titles on eBay, obviously key to whether stuff sells or not, and therefore eBay is very hot on how people use the title system and they don't abuse it, and lots of different theories exist as to, to how to make the ideal title. And maybe you've seen this too. Against the titles that uh, come up on the site, there's now this link that says show original title or something. And it kind of implies that the title that you're seeing is one that eBay has somehow magically recrafted on behalf of the seller. But when you click on it, the original version it presents is exactly the same one as on the listing you're looking at. Have you figured that out? What's that about? No, I don't know. And you've seen that your own titles have been changed. Is that right? I've seen it happening on my listings, but they haven't changed anything. And I'd be very interested in oh. their AI was smarter than my not very advanced intelligence. And it could do a better job. Maybe it can. So I can see some logic in why they would want to do that. Um, if there's a, like it's all capitalized and that doesn't look good, they might want to do that because it, Google will throw it out sometimes if it's all capitalized. Or maybe it says uh, Kiwi's Blue 501 Stonewash Jeans or something. It's obviously a typo. Why not just correct that rather ah. than you know let a let a uh, someone not get a decent sale because they've typed something incorrectly? That would be a good use of intelligence. So I don't. Or maybe it's. 
some part of some translation system that's going on for people that are looking overseas. Maybe oh, they're getting go. a translated title and this is their way to get the original version. I don't know. I mean, it could be really clever and it could be really useful if it just seems a bit redundant <laughs> to click on yeah. and see the uh, original title and it's the exact same one as the one you're looking at. So, As long as the space. artificial intelligence is intelligent and I hope that it's smarter than my voice to text, you know, when I'm texting, because that doesn't go so well. Uh -huh. I always have to check that. So hopefully, you know, the artificial intelligence is intelligent. So if you know what this is about, maybe you've got the inside scoop from somebody, uh, please feel free to let us know. You can get in touch through our website. That's sell, sell, sell dot online and uh, you can just send us an email that would work or you can give us a call and we'll take a voicemail or text so uh, maybe you know the answer on that one also uh, Sherry eBay announced this week um, a, a big plus if you're a UPS label user right right and now I am mm -hmm. uh, so now you can print your UPS labels from mobile devices that's so funny because I didn't know that you couldn't um, <laughs> A couple few years ago, I printed USPS and FedEx labels on the eBay app, and it actually worked better than I expected it to. I was on a vacation, and I it's for the person that I sell like a drop shipping relationship with. Mm -hmm. So I create the label, and then I email it to him, and I did it all with my phone, and I did several labels. It worked really well. I was very happy with it. Um, so you can choose to print the label or print the label and receive a QR code. You can even edit the buyer's address um, for shipping and returns and label order details. And then you can pay for the, this is a funny part of it. You can pay for labels using your payment method on file. Isn't that nice? That's, uh, I that's mean, I hope so. Them. Yes, this is, that's very kind. And they're um, going to take it out of your balance as the first choice, obviously, because that saves them the 3% of paying a credit card company. So that's going to be where it comes out, first of all. Yes. And then when you've drained that out, they'll, uh, they'll go to your next best method. Yeah, and they'll be adding additional features in the coming weeks, and they'll oh, update okay. us. So I wonder what's left to add. Uh, but it's, I've used to ship anything that was over three pounds pretty much, or over uh -huh. 12 cubic inches. I used to ship FedEx ground, but FedEx's prices have been mm. so all over the map and mm -hmm. mostly high that I've switched to UPS ground almost completely switching from FedEx. Likewise, I'm toying with the idea of, well, I might go back to FedEx and say, hey, guys, I'm thinking of jumping ship because of the residential surcharges and extended area surcharges and all that other stuff that FedEx adds that makes it pretty much completely uncompetitive for anything that's in the sticks or residential. Uh, as you say, UPS through pirate ship, through eBay, is really coming on strong with some great rates. They seem to have dropped the residential surcharge. Um, so I, I'm toying with the idea of, of retooling to a different system. You're using FedEx now? I use FedEx. I have a FedEx account and I have a USPS set up. And I route them through ShipRush as my label producing software. It's 30 bucks a month, but it's worth it because it really does make the whole process very much simpler. And it gives a lot of extra functionality like combining orders and things like that that just saves time. Oh. So, But yes, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to rates and FedEx is, um, you know, not as not as good as UPS these days.
So we'll, yeah, uh, and we'll as keep long you as we're mm-hmm. kind of bagging on FedEx, I'd like mm-hmm. to add that <laughs> in the in the past I became a true blue FedEx grounder um, because they also honored insurance claims, and since COVID, mm-hmm. I've uh, that's when it started when FedEx was just flat out not interested, mm-hmm. and I did have a claim that was over $600 and I had to fight that, you know, uh, I spent so much time and I did finally get it to go through. But anyway, that was my reason for being so attached to FedEx. So now that that's gone, I might as well save a lot of money with UPS ground. Fair enough. Also in the news this week, I noticed something that annoyed me here. One of my little petty things, and when eBay says, can you give an example of something that does waste your time that makes you annoyed? Because that's something I say to them a lot. I wish they could just fix small stuff rather than go on to big things that don't affect me. Um, so I'll have to talk he- to them about that. Here's an example. You know that email that comes out when you sell something and it says an item's been sold? and they give you 55 paragraphs about eBay managed payments and somewhere down the bottom it actually does reference the thing that you've sold. Yes. Which could be more usefully placed higher up, but that's not my main point. That has just over the, over time become increasingly useless as a form of communication. <laughs> First thing they did was drop the full title and item number of the item being sold. So you get it truncated after 15 characters or something. Now... That just wastes time because you then have to go off and research what it actually is that's been sold and what item number it is and things like that. And if you're a seller, most of us, to make any decent money, you have to specialize and have a lot of stuff that's similar because that gets you, you can leverage your experience doing that. So just knowing the first few characters means nothing. It doesn't narrow it down to like fewer than 100 items that's on the (laughs) shelf in front of you. And so the actual text literal of the title and the item number are a key information. And that's no, nowhere in the message, first of all. Uh, well, I think the item number is maybe buried, buried further down, but the title is truncated still. Okay. Then what they did was they took away the form of shipping that the person had paid for. Now, to me, I'm out and about. I'm doing my errands, taking stuff around, whatever I'm doing. If an order comes in... I want to look at that on my phone and I need to know, is that like a FedEx two day? In other words, I'm going to scoot back home and get that out this afternoon or is it parcel select? Hey, no great hurry, right? So that's critical information and it isn't in there. Now, the third thing that they've done, three strikes now on this particular piece of communication, as of this week, they have taken away the address of the person that's receiving it. So I vaguely know what it is, but not really. I don't know whether it's an express order, and I don't know where the address is or what type it is. Now, the reason that's important, because I could look at that and I could say, okay, it's going to be going FedEx if it's this far away. Maybe you you priority mail that. It tells me information about how I'm going to ship it. And again, if I know that and I'm going through these emails, for example, here, the post office comes, picks up, middle of the day. FedEx, their pickup is at three o'clock or later. So I can prioritize which ones I work on first, depending on the address. And and concealing that from me, it's not a secret. I'm going to find it out anyway. But not putting it in the key message that tells me I have action to do just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And it's one of those situations where I think, how did 
a bunch of intelligent, creative, professional people sit down in a meeting room with a whiteboard and figure out that was the best best way of communicating with sellers. I struggle with that, to be honest. That's and I'm, right. pre I'm teeing up something here because we're very hopeful that maybe we're going to get someone who works within the development world within eBay to, to join us in, in a future episode. And I'm sure they will. <laughs> it might be our, I think it's going to be our longest edition of the program ever once this conversation starts. <laughs> but And they will, I'm sure, come on and say, well, no, 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 you don't understand. We all sell and we all understand and we research and this, whatever it is. And I'd just like to see how from their perspective, this particular change or set of changes makes sense from eBay's point of view and how they think sitting in a room, they came up with the right answer. So park that thought there. It, we may return to it in a week or two from now and see if we can explore out from both sides of this particularly interesting issue um, how these things happen. Yeah, I'll hold that thought. Now, I find that fascinating, but I have to bring up something else that you said when mm. you said that to make any money on eBay, you have to specialize. I don't specialize and mm -hmm. I make almost enough money <laughs> to cover my lifestyle. I just had to add that. <laughs> That's fair enough. And, I, and, I, and the reason that, that you and I work on this is that we have <laughs> almost the opposite perspective on many things from a sort of professional point of view, in, in the best possible camaraderie, but we have very different um, strategies involved. And there is no right answer. And I, and I think one of the, the reviews that we got of the show was, why don't they just tell us what the answer is and waste, stop wasting our time oh. with other stuff? <laughs> you know, just tell us how you do it and we'll copy that and make lots of money. Okay. And, and the answer is there is no right answer. I mean, what works for you would be horrible for me and vice versa. That's right. And you have to just figure out for yourself what works for you and your customers and your inventory and and test it out and, and see what works. I am still of the view that if you want to make more than the average seller at a particular item, you need to have some depth of expertise. Because at the end of the day, if you're just selling on a, on a generic basis, you will get the same price as everybody else for that product. The market is very competitive. It's a very efficient system. The search system surfaces items that meet the criteria. If you want to get more than the guy down the street doing the exact same thing, you have to sell expertise or service or something. And by specialization, you have a far better chance of communicating that message and concluding that the sale on the, at a premium price on that basis. Yeah. than if you just pick stuff at random. So that's my 30-second version of why I think specialization is good. I've got a, a guest in mind that I think would be able to talk a bit about that. So that's also something that we'll have uh, in the future too. Okay, but good. It's, okay, it's a good point, I... and I'm not saying you're wrong. I, it's just, for me, that's that's the fundamental thing that I try and do. Yeah, and the, and the truth is I kind of specialize in a few things, even though mm -hmm. I sell a wide variety. I would say... 60% of my items are in a specialized area. Those are the people who are following me. That's how I get my followers. So I actually agree with you too. And I, we had Jessica Oman on recently and she said, well, she sort of said we don't really specialize. We just buy stuff and buy lots of stuff. And then kind of everything she said after that was really about how getting into something in a bit of detail was actually the way that they made more money than if they just randomly bought stuff. 
Right. So that's an interesting show. It's in the archive. If you want to check that out, you can do that at our little website. That's sell, sell, sell dot online. We're doing the uh, the eBay news. Uh, other stuff going on this week, Sherry. Some stuff revolving uh, revolving shipping stuff. Our USPS. Right. So USPS lithium batteries mm. can only be shipped via ground. This does not apply to new items, thankfully, but I mean, we're mostly, or I'm mostly selling used items. So if it has a lithium battery, you maybe it's a watch, a phone, um, you've got to send it ground. So parcel select, or of course you can use UPS or FedEx ground. And you have to have labels on there, right? Yeah, there's a special label, I think. And, and, and they say you're supposed to have a special designated area to put this stuff for pickup in if there's, they come and pick it up from you. I, I, I just don't believe that the little, that little 30-year-old post office truck that comes up every day has got a specially metalized, super-enclosed, locked-up area where all the lithium batteries get put. Well, maybe drives around the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, maybe that spot is just by the open door. Yes, you know, the little that ledge so, by the where that stuff falls out as he drives around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> oh, so all just the, all the collected parcels sit. If it goes <laughs> off, it'll just explode outside the door. I mean, it, it makes sense because yes, it, uh, the, these things are dangerous on aircraft, and that's what they're worried about. But really, the amount of lithium in a watch battery that's about a tenth of the size of the small coin is is pretty small. Um, and what difference it makes, whether it's new or used, I don't really know, other than they would lose a lot of business if they weren't taking stuff that was new, because that's where the volume shippers have the business. So I don't know. It, it, whatever, you know, just we, we told you about it. That's our obligation. What you hey, the information's up to you. You know what? At least we're not dealing with the Samsung Note 8. I think that's oh, the one yes. that... I was so excited for that. Mm -hmm. And when I got it, I found out they were recalling them because they were exploding. And I didn't want to give it back. <laughs> well, that was the one. Where, didn't they have the special signs up all the airport gates saying, hey, if you've got a Samsung <laughs> Note 8 in your bag, you know, here's a big metal bin. Chuck it yes. in here before you get on the plane because you ain't flying with that thing. <laughs> That's right. That's why I ended up having to turn it in because I had a trip planned and I knew I wouldn't be able to take it with me. All right. Uh, still on the eBay news, uh, a confusing announcement came out this week to do with watches. Yes. Yeah, so they increased the fees for parts and accessories, watch parts and accessories. So we're trying to figure out and guess why. Because there's not authentication for parts and accessories. So why the higher fees? Um, did they, when they, um, Do they need a started... Uh, no, I guess not. Maybe it just matches the watch category now. Does I it? mean, first of all, I think the whole eBay world is careering towards a 15% fee regime. Yeah. And it's just happening category by category because if you if you raise the temperature of the water very gently, the frogs don't all jump out. They just stay there. Well, how bad can it get? You know, it's getting kind of hot in here, but I think I'll stick around. Yeah. Um, I'm so it could like just be frog. they're testing a little bit as to see whether there's a massive pushback at the 15% number going up on the screen. What I suspect is, is that some, some, some wily sellers have figured out that rather than this go through this whole authentication malarkey and all the extra fees and hassle of going through that, I'm going to list my Rolex under the parts category because it'll probably still come up in search, right? Unless the nav happens to narrow it down, but most people don't, don't do that. 
and therefore I can I can duck out of some fees and I don't have to go through all the authentication and that $15 Rolex from the guy in Times Square I can list up and get away with it so I don't know I mean that would be the, from my point of view a potential explanation for why they have to harmonise the, the rates it's like adding fees to shipping if you didn't do that they would argue people just have a, the item at 99 cents and it's $200 to ship it because and they used to do that mm-hmm. yeah so I suspect that's kind of why me what's going on, but they didn't explain it. They did say that they didn't think right now that in the watch world a, a large percentage of items are going to be affected by the change, but I suspect they were trying to shut down a loophole before it opened up too big. Yeah. All right. Oh, something else I also noticed, and I think you noticed this too, Sherry. I don't know. Maybe you subscribe to the, is it called the informed delivery from USPS? You yes. can go on the USPS site and you can register for this. I find it quite useful. It will give, send you an email every morning. Mine comes through like 8.30, something like that. And it tells me all the mail pieces, just the regular mail, and parcels that are coming to me that day. And I find it helpful because I know whether I'm going to get a ding-dong or someone's going to try and deliver a parcel or not. And the reason I pay attention to that, because if there's nothing coming in and if there's not my regular postman, there's a very good chance they'll just drive straight past and not pick up the stuff I have in the bin to be picked up. So I'm on special duty those days to uh, keep an eye open and uh, go racing down the road after the postal truck rather than <laughs> to drive across town to deliver it to the post office. So anyway, I, I find it useful. But that's not the point here, although I would recommend signing up if that's something you think might be useful. What they've done now is they also add at the bottom of this particular document uh, all of yesterday's USPS stuff that you sent. So it's keeping track of that as well, and it's tying it back to your address. Now, that in itself is not a breakthrough. It's interesting that they're doing it, and it might be useful to keep in an archive somewhere just so you could keep track of what what happened. But it could be used, I think, if they wanted to, to do a better job of tracking back which which male people have, have scanned stuff at the point of pickup versus it getting scanned downstream. Because if they're picking up stuff as it goes further down the system and there isn't a scan at the beginning, you could pull a report, assuming they have such that capability, to say, okay, if all the people that work in this particular post office, let's see what percentage of parcels that we generated were correctly scanned at the origin by the respective mail carrier. And that would be something that if they had the faintest piece of motivation to do something about it, they could go after the people that run around picking up packages without scanning them. Yeah, that's Which interesting. Which is the number one crime in my world. <laughs> that's right. Um, I that noticed peril. it's kind of fascinating because when I first saw your outgoing packages, um, I realized they were getting it from eBay. That's where I'm creating the label. Mm-hmm. So they're just tying it back to me because I didn't use my USPS account to create them. So they're just tying, tying it back to the address, huh? I guess the scanner, because they scan the deliver to address and that's scanned through the system and it's photographed and that's how they figure out where it is. There isn't a person sitting there reading it and typing in. There's an optical character recognition system. And maybe they're using this to scan the originating address now, if that's also legible. I don't know exactly yeah. how it works. Maybe like we'll it. Um, try and track someone down from USPS and have them explain this to us. Um, anyway, so that's just interesting, just a point of uh, information. Uh, again, 
I think that's a useful thing. Doesn't cost you anything, and just keeps you uh, keeps you abreast of what's going on with your incoming and outgoing packages. All right, we've got uh, the latest coming up with regard to eBay Open right after this. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www.sellsellsell.online That's www.sellsellsell.online Thank you for being part of the show. So the Selling on eBay radio show, here to make your eBay business uh, more fun and maybe even more profitable too. Um, we have fun too. We uh, look forward to the uh, the upcoming eBay events. And Sherry, we are looking forward to eBay Open, which is the annual seller get-together. It's a virtual event this year taking place online. Uh, 21st, 23rd September sounds familiar to me. Yeah. Three days, um, depending where you're in the country, whether it's morning or afternoon. And um, we're both involved in our little, own little way. Uh, Sherry is uh, going to be doing a seller presentation. I mean, we've been following her the process through. It's fascinating to see how they do the stuff behind the scenes. You would just no believe the amount of hassle that, the, that people go through when they do this. Last time we spoke to you, you had submitted your sort of outline and slides and ideas for content. And you were waiting for the great verdict back from the machine. That says yes. yes or no. Did you did you hear back? Well, yes, I did, and mm. I got the slideshow back, and I couldn't recognize if anything had been changed, mm. and I didn't go back to my original version because I just didn't have time and didn't have a problem with it. It looked great. Um, not positive they changed anything. However, I did have another big job to do. Uh, and it's I'm kind of scared silly because I signed a new NDA and I, I really have no idea what I'm not allowed to say. And this is NDA. Can you tell us what the NDA refers to or is the NDA an NDA in itself that you can't say what you're not supposed to talk about? Well, it's definitely a non-disclosure agreement. Um, <laughs> I know I can say that. Okay. All right. So... Uh, I don't know. Hopefully it's okay for me to say that I also needed to prepare not what you're seeing on the slideshow, but what I'm saying. I can, I can have some notes there. Oh, okay. Yes. And for me, I, you know, I just wish I took a college course on how to do this, uh, how to make this match up with the slideshow took me hours. <laughs> it was agonizing, uh, but I got it done, and I got that over to them in time. Good thing for deadlines, because they mm -hmm. just forced me to get this done. So not sure if I've said anything even somewhat interesting. It's just back to the theme that this is hard. Well, <laughs> I, can, I can say from last year, which I think is probably any any disclosures probably long since uh, expired it was a complicated setup you've got slides you have notes you have a complicated system where they assemble all of the video and the slides and the audio and all the stuff goes together and they do various cutaways and all sorts of things i mean it's not just a camera pointed at you reading your stuff it right. goes into a whole sort of post-production process um afterwards which is you know uh nice spending money on it but it does make it a very complicated thing to kind of get your head around presenting and um 
I mean, it's good that they didn't have anything to say about the content because it goes through legal. There's probably some corporate communication stuff to go in. The branding police will look at it. There's a design person that needs to sign off on it. All the product people that you maybe touch in terms of your content have to agree on it. There's a there's a there's a very there's a there's kind of a checklist on the site. Maybe not done the same way, but last time you could see it going around the different departments. Uh, as they moved it around, everyone t- you know, signing off on it, and then it comes back to you in whatever form it gets changed to, and that's your content. Yeah. And they had a very, very tight system to make sure there was no way that you were going to edit anything on a slide between it being signed <laughs> off as finished and the actual recording process. Yeah, you they know they kept their grubby so- hands on that document. <laughs> And that was never, never, they were never, you were never running it from your computer. They kept the master copy themselves. So yeah. you couldn't sneak anything in that hadn't been signed off. It was, um, it was an interesting experience. And you know what? They actually, now you're reminding me, there was a nice surprise because I have a little time lapse video in there mm-hmm. that I wanted to include that I was sure I wouldn't be able to. And they said, send us the original. Mm hmm. Uh, so I did. So I get to keep my little time-lapse video that I'm including in there. So if you want to see it, come to my session and you'll see what I'm talking about. And I think I'm able to say that the people like Shari that are doing the seller presentations are going to be asked to do a two-minute promo piece for their particular presentation, and they will run at the Sneak Peek event, which, if memory serves, is the 8th of September. So that's a little bit of writing they may throw upon you at the last minute. And by the way, cameras are rolling. Give us two minutes on why we should watch your presentation. So maybe you could plug your time-lapse photography at that particular point. Yeah, I think Um, plugging something of my own So this is something that they are doing on the 8th of September. I don't know everything about it. It's basically Rebecca doing, with some other people, doing a promo, doing a sales pitch, I guess, for the event, trying to um, get people to actually, I guess, follow through because you wouldn't be going to this, you wouldn't get an invite to it unless you've already signed up for the event. So it's not to promote the event itself, but I think to try and get people to engage with it and actually show up on the day. I think, too, it's, to be honest, it's to double-check that they're, they're using a new platform called Hopin. Never never heard of it, but uh, there we go. Um, and I think it's a stress test that a little bit to make sure that works okay, which is fair enough because we did something similar last year with the uh, Bevy platform. And uh, I don't know the content of it other than I think Rebecca's leading it. There'll be some eBay speakers. What I do know, and I think they've told people about this, there's a seller panel, there's three sellers, um, uh, Kathy Terrell, uh, Teresa Cox, is it? Oh, uh-huh, Teresa Cox. Uh, and, and yours truly, uh, ah. assuming I still remain on it, because I get, I'm get i on vacation the week before, and I have a nasty feeling that may decide that because I'm not responding to stuff quickly enough, I get dropped. But in theory, um, the ah. three of us are your panel, and there's a half-hour session, I think Brian Burke's moderating it, where we talk about um, how, how we approach going to eBay Open, what we get out of it, how we plan our time, how we prioritize things, that sort of thing. Um, not really sure how I got onto this. I did a while back put in a, like a one-page, almost a thesis, <laughs> on, because they were talking about, we think we might go virtual with eBay Open at the time. This was sort of middle of pandemic, I guess. Um, and we don't know quite what form it's going to take. 
And I think I chimed in with some theories as to what I get out of a, a, an eBay Open, how I approach it, oh. and whether or not that's something they could try and replicate as many of those points as they could. And I know Alison got it. She did say thank you for sending it in. So it went into the right person. Maybe that's how I put this, or it was a consolation prize for being dinged and not rebooked to do a present. I don't know. Who, who knows? Um, or Brian just said, oh, he'll be all right. I, I don't know. Anyway, so um, that's what we're doing. Or it could um, be that you sent the peacocks to their door. Could be. I, I sent the muscle. Uh, muscle. Anyway, who knows? Anyway, so uh, that's the that's that's what's going on. Um, we're hoping there'll be some questions from the floor via the chat session. Otherwise, we'll just talk for half an hour. That's fine. Um, I, I've collected my thoughts already because I like to do things well ahead of time. And plus, I'm going to be on travel before. So filed all that. I'm not sure how deep I'm going to get into it. So I'll give you I'll give you the, the the more heavy end of it here because I suspect it may end up never getting said on the day. My advice to go, people going to eBay Open, I think, is you're going to hear what eBay's strategy is, and for the first time in probably the 20 years I've been tracking it, they are being incredibly open and honest and clear about what they're doing, and you don't have to be a genius to figure out that they're targeting high trust, high value, high margin business. That's where the money is, and that's what they're going after. To the extent that other stuff gets neglected or or just not adjusted or worked on, I don't know, but you can kind of infer that they're going to put the resources on those big projects. So there's a, there's a clear strategy that's coming forward from them. Um, they're not hiding that. It's pretty obvious. And I think, therefore, as you sit and listen to this stuff, every seller should be going, okay, well, what's my strategy? How do I respond to this? Does this suit me? If not, hey, there's no harm in saying, well, I should be tooling up to do something somewhere else, or I should be changing my product mix or my approach or whatever. But I think that just assuming that what you've been doing for the last 10 years is going to be right next year may work. But I think you should take the time sitting in these uh, sessions to just ask yourself the question, is, is that the right thing to do? What are the other options um, given where eBay is going? Because they're making some pretty bold decisions. And it may not suit everybody. Now, if you're paying a mortgage on 99 cent USB cables, yeah, good luck to you. But that may not be eBay's focus going forward. So the writing's on the wall, and it's very clearly written out for you. I would use the sessions to really figure out where, what you do. How, do. how does what you do fit with eBay? What is going to be eBay's strong suit going forward? What are they going to be good at? And what, by implication, not so good at? and make some decisions regarding your business. Now, it might be that you carry on, everything looks good, fine. Um, but my guess is that for most of us, there's some tweaking or at least some plan Bs that need to be thought through because um, it is very focused going forward. And I'm not into handbags and watches and sneakers and stuff. So my take is that if there's something I'm hoping that they're going to improve, maybe emails when things get sold <clears throat> and I want to have that changed, my guess is that's going to be a low priority versus the stuff that they're going to be talking about in the presentation. So I'm not sure they'll want me to get into that, but uh, that's what I would say if I had an open <laughs> mic and without anyone telling me what I should or shouldn't say. So you've heard it here first. Uh, you may not hear it on the day. <laughs> that's right. 
All right. Anyway, if you have any questions, we will do our best to um, answer about eBay Open as best we can. Um, uh, you can shoot us an email. The website gives all that information. That's sellsellsell.online. And uh, uh, as we move forward, let's talk about a couple of cu customer issues we both encountered this week, uh, which I think are always illuminating sometimes to see how other people handle difficult people. And and uh, you had a cat <laughs> cat lover or a cat hater? I'm not quite sure. I still don't week. know. I I think this is gonna earn the award for me for most pertinent question asked. Mm. On a pair, first of all, I see it in my email, and the question is, is this from a smoke-free, pet-free home or environment? And then I click in to see what the item is, and it's a pair of sterling silver cat earrings. I found this so ironic. First of all, do you like cats or not? Mm. And secondly, does sterling silver absorb smoke smell but i answered them smoke free yes not pet free especially being that my logo mm -hmm. on my ebay store is my dog mm -hmm. i didn't say that i just said from a smoke free environment not a pet free environment and then they proceeded to buy them mm -hmm. See, see you're, this is a, another area where we're different, you see, completely opposite. I would not have engaged in that at all. That would be a massive red flag. Um, and there would be a very serious thought process to whether they might be found their way onto the block bidder list just because that's that's just teeing up problems down the road, in my mind. Why yeah. would I not pick someone that's just happy to take, take them the way they come? But, if they get these and then they complain that there was a dog hair on them, I'll let you know. Okay, we'll track on that one. Let us know if, that, uh, if the red flag was a red flag or whether it just turned out to me be being overly cautious. Uh, I'll tell you also about one that happened uh, here recently. And I guess the subtext of this is, you know, to what extent do you allow yourself to be bullied into trying to do something above and beyond? It's a complicated story, but I'll, I'll net it down to the, uh, the essential details. A lady, and I, I'll mention lady because how buyers deal with technical issues varies a lot between men and women, in my experience. And actually, women in some ways are, are better because they typically are more upfront about the problems they're having. A man will just say it doesn't work and not be too communicative. Anyway, lady buys a complicated electronic item, 900 bucks, um, reasonably big 30-pound box, bunch of stuff, monitor, all sorts of stuff excuse me, in the package. So quite a complicated deal. <clears throat> um, she gets it. I haven't heard anything back. Uh, 33 days after receipt, she says, oh, can you send me the software for this thing? I send back a copy of the listing excerpt saying the software's not included. She says, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, fine. I, I really appreciate your honesty. Thank you for doing all that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I think that's good. So she's happy. Roll on another month. So we're now at, what, 61, 62 days after she's received it. Long emails start arriving. Oh, no. Another red flag, but too late now. So here's the deal. She's decided that the functionality of the monitor isn't what she wants in order to do her project, whatever that is. However, uh, she's done some deal with the manufacturer that if she sends in the monitor I sold her, they will, free of charge, give her a new monitor that has some additional functionality that will solve her problem. That's a what? good result, I think. Wow. And she says, well, look, I've priced out the package. 
and I've gone to FedEx.com, and it's $130 because I want to send it two-day service. Oh. Uh, what are you going to do about it? Oh, my. And rather she than wants get into you whole, to pay for her to upgrade to free to a brand new. Yes, right? the, the cost of sending it in is my responsibility. So I, I write back and say, as politely as I can, I feel that after two months plus, at this point, responsibility for the item has transferred to you. It's not my problem. Um, but congratulations, you've done a nice, nice job um, on, uh, you know, getting the deal with the manufacturer because that's, yeah. that's not much. You put a lot of time and effort into it and, and just solve some technical issues. I mean, I give her credit for that. I just think the ownership of the, the charge is a little bit disputed, but the rest of it was good stuff. Yeah. Um, and I did say, by the way, you know, no one in the real world actually pays that list rate that appears on the FedEx.com site. And she must have jacked it up with every single conceivable option to get like two states away for $130. Yeah. And she wants two day because she wants you to pay for two day. Well, the amazing thing is that if she went ground, she lives two days away from the factory anyway. Oh, my <laughs> so gosh. I, I, I thought, well, I, you know, I, I probably shouldn't engage in this. But anyway. I go onto pirate ship, I, of course, pull up the details, put her address in, put the factory thing in, put I know the weight and the size of this particular thing is because I've got one here. Um, and I send her a screenshot, $11, $11.88. Oh, my gosh. On pirate ship. That's hilarious. I send her back and say, look, it's it's not 130 it's like $12. So, you know, why, 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 why are we <laughs> going back and forth on this? Why don't you just pay the 12 You're going to get a free new money. It, it's, a, it's a good deal. Congratulations. Nice job. Anyway... <clears throat> And then she comes back and says, well, that's not acceptable. I think you, you've told me something. It doesn't work. It wasn't fit for purpose. wasn't as described, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to file a complaint with eBay. And I say, actually, that's not a bad approach. I mean, I've, not, I've done everything. I, I mean, I've got no problem. I've done everything per, per the rules. <clears throat> and actually, eBay may say, you know, love, you know, for 12 bucks, we'll just give you 12 bucks, go away, send it off, congratulations, everyone's happy, right? So they might they might just pay you the 12 just to not have to spend time on with, and that's the good result for everybody, right? So yeah, do that. She doesn't do that. Um, another long email comes back, and, you know, it's still my problem, apparently, even though we, we hopefully she's absorbed the point is $12. And when I thought it had a 60-day return window, I, I buy lots of stuff. I get confused. I don't know. It should be 60 days. Um, you know, I, I'd said, you know, also, why didn't you just buy the extended warranty? Because that would give you a year's worth of messing around. And you can still buy that, like, day 29. If you haven't tested it in time, at least that buys you another window. Anyway, it was all, it was all my fault. So she thought it was 60 days. That was my fault. It needed some software. That was my fault, even though the listing said it didn't include it. Oh, by the way, she'd moved house. She was busy. She had a bunch of stuff going on. The guy hadn't returned her call the same day and you know, all this other fault. stuff. Everything was my fault that we're now on like yeah. day 65. And it was my responsibility to sort this stuff out. And so anyway, we left it to the point where I, she was asking me to work something out, i.e., I guess, a partial refund or take a return, although that would be the worst result for her, I suspect, uh, under threat of she was going to initiate a chargeback with her credit card. Oh, um, the beast. <clears throat> so that's where it's at. I haven't Have you thought back. of just issuing the label for the $12 and emailing yeah, her the label? Yeah, yeah. One of the tests I do on these things, just, just for grins, is I, I do the what would Griff do? 
test because that's the gold uh, standard, right? I don't know whether you listen to the old uh, eBay radio show, but but you know, Griff absolutely held the gold standard for taking care of customers. And I guarantee you, if he had a breath in his body and someone wrote to him and said, "I need," he probably would pay the hundred and thirty to be honest. But if someone said twelve dollars, he he would just cut the check for twelve and 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 be perfectly happy about that. Oh. But he's a, he's a much nicer human being than I am. I'll give him credit for that. Maybe he's richer. I don't know. Um, and I also I, I kind of feel that you know I've been threatened by this. I mean, threatened. Well, I'm going to report you to eBay. I'm going to do a recharge on the uh, charge back on the credit card. Yeah. And that kind of annoys me and <clears throat> loses my, any goodwill that might be sitting on the table at that particular point in time. So yes, yeah, I could, I could have just eaten twelve twelve dollars and, and, and sent her the label or done something like that. But I kind of, I was also curious to see actually what would happen if a if a chargeback happened, whether eBay would have my back as they will often have you believe, because in theory I'm compliant with the chargeback protection policy. I haven't broken the the the, the rules in any way. It's gone well past thirty days. They in theory should stand behind me, but we haven't got that far yet. Yeah, and do you want to test that out, or you want to just do? Yeah, the if, she, if she pushes that button, I think it's a dumb thing to do because even if she wins, the only recourse that's going to happen is she's going to be told to put it back in the box and send ah, it back to me. So she's bought go. some software, and that's got to be a hundred bucks, right? Uh, which she's going to be out of pocket on because she's not going to get reimbursed for that, and then she has to go off and buy one of these somewhere else and start all over again. And she's probably got to pay for the return label, I suspect, under that scenario. Because it's not within the 30 days, mm -hmm. so free returns doesn't apply. Right. And I sold it with free returns for 30 days, as I explained. I mean, I, I did my best to make this as comfortable and as best a buying experience as possible. You had 30 days paid returns, which is plenty of time to test something. You could have, or could have bought a, a, the 15%, the whatever it is, to get the one-year extended warranty from somebody else. You could have done that. They would have taken care of all this for you. You know, I've fulfilled the obligations of the contract between us. I don't wish to be unkind, but I have. And I yeah. just don't really feel like it's my obligation to, to go beyond that. I could do no. it. I just didn't want to. No, it's not. I, I'm only suggesting to do the... The eleven eighty two for the label just to get her off your back. That's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, for you, not for her, because right. I don't like bullies. I, I spent more than eleven dollars eighty eight time yeah. and effort dealing with this. But sometimes I think you learn from kind of pushing the case to see the, where it goes. I mean, I think given the timing of this now, I think she's rumbled that just paying out the twelve dollars might be the smartest thing at her end. I hope she's smart um, enough to figure that out. You know, some people they get they get entrenched, you know. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, those chargebacks are a pain, though. Well, I have another one, but we'll talk about that another time. Otherwise, this okay. will be a three-hour program, and we, won't, we don't want to do that. I also think that you know people don't look at it from both sides of the coin. You know, if I said that if if there was a problem, and you know, let's say she does try and return it within the 30-day window, and I say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to make this warranty only 15 days because I moved house, I've been busy, got a lot of stuff going on, you know, I didn't really have time to do anything on it. I'm sorry, it's, it's your problem. I mean, she'd go bananas if it was the other way around, someone trying to oh, get, that's funny. get, get that's turned a great after, comparison. after the event, after the fact. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't usually... I think that's a helpful argument if someone's really entrenched, but I think it's a good way to look at it yourself. Yeah, that that makes it clear. 
That's very So clarifying. there we are. I'm going to leave that there. If you think I'm being completely unreasonable or I'm right, uh, we'd take your comments. I honestly don't mind. I kind of think it could go either way in terms of people's uh, thoughts. Am I completely insane not to keep a customer happy for $11.88 or a $900 purchase, even though it's two months down the road? I, I don't know. It's just a case of I didn't like being bullied. That was my reason. Oh, Subjective. that's right. I, I don't respond well to bullies. So anyway, we'll leave that one parked and out there. 833-EBAY-723 is the number. You can text or leave us voicemail. What do you think? Am I right? Am I wrong? Did I do the right thing but the wrong thing? There we are. 833-EBAY-723 is the uh, the phone line. That's open anytime. You want to leave a message. And uh, what else we got here? Coming up... Um, all right, let's look about what's happening in the future. Uh, have you seen the show? We've got uh, new uh, Christmas rates, I think, coming in from uh, USPS. Oh, I haven't seen that. I probably should have, but I didn't. Mm. Are they higher or lower? Uh, shocker, they're higher. Oh, <laughs> they dear. seem to be bringing this in earlier and earlier. I, I thought uh, they just year. introduced a, a rate hike in July. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Anyway, so keep an eye out for those. They should be appearing whenever your labels are being printed. Came into effect in this month. Also, Sherry, the uh, the reseller remix in Las Vegas. You and I both going to that. That's uh, tickets right. Still available, so we'll give them a plug, right? Yeah, come on out so we can meet you in person, do karaoke. Isn't that what we're doing there? <laughs> well, you speak for yourself. <laughs> okay. I'll be sitting in the corner with a stiff drink, trying yeah. to be noticed. <laughs> Pretending you don't know me. That's true. And uh, no eBay Open there. tickets are available. It's free, but you need to register before so you can get some swag. Before yes, You have to register that, yes. before the preview. Well, if you want to get swag through the uh, sneak peek event, then you need to register before the event. It's the uh, sneak peek. Anyway, that's about it for this week's edition of the program. Philip Jackson here saying thank you so much. See you next time. Have a great week. And this is Fake Announcer Guy saying, see you next time.